Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, you're here. We're going to have a good time. <laughs> I think some people are still a little afraid to get out. Uh, the main roads are good, but man, the neighborhoods, man, my neighborhood going up that hill, but my car went up just fine. Of course, I had it in off-road too, so that helps and gives it a little more traction. Amen. Hey, talking about the Sunday of the fellowship on the 12th, I, I realize that, that a whole lot of people don't care anything about a football game. And that's great. But I want you to come out and there, there's tables to set out over there. You don't even have to be in there where the TV's at. And, uh, and fellowship. And, uh, and Because what makes a, ch- a, a church small is when everybody meets together and starts meeting one another. Then you can sit on that side over there and say, oh, there's so-and-so over there. And there's so-and-so there. Then the place becomes a whole lot smaller. Hello. All right. That's just my little pep talk there. All right. You know, I believe today is the first day of the new year of the second month of the new year. And you know, there's a lot of people that are wondering, well, what's it going to be like? How, what, what's going to happen to me this year? And then they hear some of the news and stuff, and then they start worrying. I want to, I guess if you want to title this, I don't ever title my messages and they usually put something on it. And then sometimes they come back and say, well, you preached this. I said, no, I didn't, <laughs> but they give it a title. So I'll give, I, I'm just going to call this. Don't worry about tomorrow. You know, worry keeps a lot of people from enjoying life like they should. They're always worrying about What's going to happen? Is this going to happen? Is that going to happen? Let's look at a very familiar portion of scripture. Everybody knows it. Matthew 6, 25, we're going to start. Matthew 6, 25. I'm reading the New King James. Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on, Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, for they they neither snow nor reap nor gather in barns, yet their heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more valuable than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to your statue, or to your height, in other words? So why do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field and how they grow. They neither spin neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon in his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Now, if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is here, which today is, and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you of little faith. Therefore do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For all of these things, the Gentiles seek. 
for your heavenly father knows that you need all these things, but seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added to. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about it, its own things. Sufficient for today is its own trouble. Now here Jesus is giving various reasons why we shouldn't worry. Actually, in in one sense of the word, he's saying it is useless to worry because it won't change anything. Dwight David Eisenhower, anybody know who Dwight David Eisenhower was? He was one of the greatest generals that this country has ever had. He also was a great president because he was president in my high school years. Now, he, he, he said, worry is a word that I don't allow myself to use. He had a choice and he made a choice not to worry. It's our choice that we also can choose not to worry or to worry. You know, many people live in the what ifs and if onlys. They're always wishing for a better life, worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow, what life's going to bring. And then there's other people that live in, in the tomorrow or the someday realm, hoping that their ship will come in, but fearing and worrying that the storms are going to crash it before it ever gets to shore. You know, some people go through their lives over and over and over again. They go over their life. You know, actually, you only experience it one time. But these kind of people relive it in their minds over and over again. And they're worrying that the same thing might happen. Someone said this, if I have my life to live over, I may still have many actual troubles, but I would have few imaginary ones. (laughs) In other words, they're worried about it was imagined. You know, I want to encourage you. Bring all your worries to God. He he does not want you to worry about anything. Really, in these verses, he's telling us not to be not to worry about tomorrow. Now, we let's look again at this Mark six thirty four in the New King James says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Now let's look at that at the, at, at the NIV. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble its own. The NLT has it this way. So don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own troubles. Today's troubles is enough for, for today. And in the message Bible, It says, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now and don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come up when the time comes. And then the voice says, so don't worry about tomorrow. Let tomorrow worry about itself. Living faithfully is a large enough task for today. Those give some pretty interesting ideas and things about this. Let's make sure we understand just what Jesus is telling us. In other words, Jesus is saying, don't worry about tomorrow. And the King James Version says, take no thought for tomorrow. 
Now the word thought that's used here in the Greek means worries and anxious. Someone (laughs) said you could write on countless gravestones this epitaph, hurried, worried, buried. (laughs) Because worrying, well, it not only affects your mind, it affects your body. Jesus didn't say that we shouldn't have ordinary prudent foresight, but he did say we should not worry. Now, he's not saying we should, that we should have a shiftless, reckless, thoughtful attitude for, toward life. That's not what he's saying. What he is saying, that we don't need to be full of care and anxious fear about tomorrow. It takes the joy out of life. Now, William Barclay in his commentary, now William Barclay is, was a Scottish preacher and theologian and so forth. He says, the Jews themselves were familiar with this teaching of a worry-free attitude in life. It was the teaching of the great rabbis that a man ought to face life with a combination of prudence or or forethought and peace or serenity. Now, we see that the Jews believed in taking all the necessary steps to have to handling their lives. Now, when you realize that Matthew was writing to the Jewish people, they understood this teaching here that I just talked about. And the rabbis taught that you ought to face life with a combination of prudence or forethought, but with peace and serenity. You can't, you, you can't face tomorrow with peace and serenity if you're worrying about what's going to happen. If you've really, if you've done the prudence or had the forethought to see what God can do and what you can do in the natural, then there's no reason to worry. See? Now, the lesson that we need to learn here is prudence and forethought combined with peace and trust gives us a good life. Now, it talked about God supplying for the birds and it talks about the lilies of the field. And and, and we got to remember that God has taken care of us in the past. So why worry about tomorrow if you understand that God is still the same God that helped you yesterday? He's the same one that will help you today. So don't worry about it. You know, the psalmist David was always saying something and here in Psalm 42, 6, he said, oh my God, my soul is cast down. Now he always started out on the downside, but then he said, therefore I will remember you from the land of Jordan and the hills of Mizar. He was, all of a sudden he said he was down, but now he starts remembering the past, what God had done for him in the past. And he forgets 
about worrying about tomorrow, realizing that the same God that took care of him there is the same God that's going to take care of him tomorrow. Hello. In one sense of the word, tomorrow never comes. Because when it, it's tomorrow, no, it's today. I think that's one of the things that Jesus is trying to say to us. Hey, and he said it right there at the end. He said, today, let today take care. You take care of today and don't worry about tomorrow because I'll be the same. I'll be there with you tomorrow to take care of tomorrow because tomorrow turns into today. Hello. My dad tells a story and I can't even remember it. I wish I could had it on tape somewhere. But he used to tell him when he was preaching and I don't even know whether it's on tape or not anywhere. But I asked him, I said, well, what's tomorrow? And he said, and, and something about today. And I don't know. It did, I went on and on. It went on and on. <laughs> I, when you were a child. Yeah, that's when I was, I don't think I was about five, four or five years old when I did that. Because when we, we, we always drove at night. You see, what a lot of people don't realize is that he, in, in, in between pastoring those three churches, we would travel and, and, and preach and he was evangelist and I would sit behind him uh, on a trunk between sis be asleep on the back seat mom would be over here because we drove at night because it's hot down there in Texas and I'd sit behind him and and I'd talk to him and ask him what this sign said and what that sign said I guess it kept him awake (laughs) and so that's when I was saying that now when the psalmist here David himself was up against it he always started out on the negative, but if you'll read, he always turned around and come back to what God would do for him. Anybody ever notice that looking at the Psalms? You know, once again, Barclay says in his daily Bible study, the first one I was reading from this commentary, the man who feeds his heart on the record of what God has done in the past will never worry about the future. That's a good statement. Feed your heart on what God has done in the past and you won't worry about the future. You know, worry, and the way the enemy likes to get us to worrying is because when we start worrying, then we forget our focus on how God has helped us before and we lose our focus and on he'll do it again. You know, where it causes you not to look at how God had helped you before. Well, how's God helped you before? Well, he's helped you to bear up, bear up under something when it looked unbearable. He's helped you to reach, when you've reached your breaking point, he's helped you not to break. When it looked impossible, he made it possible. He kept you going when it's, when it seemed there was no reason to keep going. Worry causes you to lose your sight of God and what he can do and what his word can do. And it hinders your faith from working. That's what worry does. You know, when you begin to to worry about everything in life, 
it blinds you to the possibilities that exist by having faith in God. It blinds you to the awesome power of God because you're looking at what what's happening here and the power that's here to destroy you instead of looking over here at the power of God that nothing can withstand. But when you start worrying, you get your eyes off of here and on to here. How many understand? Anybody getting anything out of this? You know, <laughs> when you start to worry, you become blind to the promises of God. All you can see is the circumstances that surround you. All you can see is everything is going downhill fast. But let me tell you what, you start believing God and all of a sudden, everything that's sliding downhill is propelled back up to the top. Come on now. You know, William Carey, the great missionary said, the future is as bright as the promises of God. So why you got to worry? There's nothing to worry about in the future because right here is the promises of God and they're bright. They're not dark. I don't care what the devil's saying to you. I don't care what the devil's telling you. I want, I want you to not be worrying about what he's saying. He can't tell the truth anyway, but how many people listen to him and the next thing you know, they're out of faith. You know, worry actually is needless, it's useless, and it produces nothing. Well, yes, it does produce something. It produces ulcers and heart trouble. In fact, it's said that these two common diseases in our society most of the time are as a result of worrying about what's going on and what's going to happen. Hello, anybody here? <laughs> Actually, the Bible talks about that uh, when you laugh, then you live long. Actually, I've read some statistics. I don't know how true they are. I haven't been bothered, but I've read them before. That uh, one one physician told a person said, "Start laughing. Just in the natural. Start laughing at your problems." And in fact, we used to sing a song, "Laugh at the Devil." Hello. Proverbs seventeen twenty two says, a merry heart doth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit dries the bones. The NLT says it like that. That's the King, New King James. NLT says it, a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a broken spirit saps a person's strength. The message said, a cheerful disposition is good for you, good for your health. Gloom and doom leave you bone tired. This is telling us then, hey, 
That's what worry does to you. But a cheerful heart does good like a medicine. Hey, my dad used to say, I take my medicine every day. And says, oh, you take medicine? Yeah, the word of God. This is my medicine. I've I've heard him. I've watched him do that. I've heard him tell people that. I've heard heard people come up, talk to him. I mean, I'm, you know, I'm 10, 11, 12, 13 years old. They'd come up to us and say, Brother Hagin, do you ever take any medicine? Oh, yeah, I take medicine every day. Oh, and they, they, their eyes get big. He said, yeah, I, I read the Bible. That's my medicine. <laughs> Come on. That's what it says here. You know, worry wears out your mind and your body. You ever notice, have any of you ever noticed that you haven't done anything strenuous, but you're worrying about something all day long and you're wore out? Come on now, be honest. How many honest people I got here? Right. You know, worry, let's look at this. Worry affects our judgment. It lessens our power to make a good decision. And Anthony didn't know what I was speaking on tonight, but that song goes right along with it, you know. We've not been given a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. Actually, that's that's where worry comes from is fear. You're afraid of this or afraid of that or afraid something else. Now, there are things we need to be afraid of. That's like going out on that slick ice out there and just saying, well, I'm, I'm just... I'm just going to go out there anyway. Well, no, that's dumb. You're going to wind up on your seat in too. (laughs) Or walk out there in the middle of Kenosha in the traffic. See, there are, but I'm talking about we sometimes, we, and the devil brings it to all of us. I don't care who you are. I don't care how much faith you have. I don't care if you're a preacher or not a preacher. Me, I brings it to me. The devil comes to you with stuff in your mindset that will get you worrying about something. Okay? I, I'll give you an example. I'm out in meetings like we were, what, last week, I guess. And, uh, you know, We've been out there and I see where freezing temperatures and stuff are going to come. And the devil begins to, well, now, are you sure? Are you sure all of the hoses are unhooked from all the the faucets outside? Because you know that if you get even a hose hooked up, it can freeze and cause the pipe to break back up. and, And, and. Are you sure that you set your thermostat on heat and it's still not on cool and they won't and that it'll get cold in there and all the pipes in the in the bathroom will freeze? Come on now. That's what the devil tries to do. Get you worrying. See, he get if he can get me worrying about that, then I can't even go up there and preach a good sermon. You know. Get you worrying about you know, I have somebody, I got my two dogs. I got my two big dogs outside. 
I don't know any of you ever been <laughs> Cash and Maverick. Cash stands up and puts his paws right here and looks me in the face. He weighs about 140 pounds. <laughs> if he runs at you and hits you, you better be steady because he'll knock you down. Won't he, Blake? <laughs> and his brother, they're brothers. I got them the same day. They're both eight weeks old. I got them. They'll be, they'll be four years old this month. And uh, Maverick, he's a Maverick too. <laughs> he weighs about 130 pounds. He's not quite as big as Cash. Cash's paws are that big. I mean, he's a big old boy. You've seen him. <laughs> you know, and the devil's are Now, you reckon, reckon they'll forget to go over and take care of those dogs. And they're out there. And they may not have any water to drink or no food. And they're out there in the cold. Come on. Don't look at me like, that's the way the devil gets you to worry. Anybody know what I'm talking about? But I say, I'm... When you've, take, when you've been like the Bible, like it says here, like those Jewish rabbis taught, be prudent, take forethought. I said, well, hey, Mr. Devil, I've already, I took care of that before I left. I'm not even concerned about it. Now get out of here with your junk. Come on. That's what we have to do. You know, you know, it, it all, worry almost renders you incapable of making a proper decision. You got to learn in every situation, we got to look and see, God did this for me here, so he'll do the same thing now. So what am I got to worry about? Hello? Worry cannot change the past. A lot of people... Because of what happened in the past, they're all concerned about it. Hey, it can't change it, but I tell you what, you can change tomorrow. You can change your future. Some people brood over past mistakes and worry themselves in a state they can't even enjoy life. You can't change your past, but now listen to this. Listen to this. You can use your faith. I mean, you can use your past as a catalyst for a better tomorrow. In other words, a help you to have you because of the past. It's useless to worry about your future. Worry makes mountains out of molehills. People who worry seldom think of the great possibilities of tomorrow. They only fear the sorrow of everything going wrong. We do not have to worry. We can be absolutely peaceful in the middle of the most trying situation. You know, one person said it like this. In trying situations one person can be absolutely peaceful and the other person is worried as we say to death come on you make the choice you know on that ship 
All those sailors, they were tossing over everything they could get their hands on to lighten the ship up. And Paul just said, I believe God. He wasn't even, he wasn't even concerned. He said, I believe God. I believe what the Lord told me. I'll tell you what, I don't care what you're facing or what's going on. If you believe God, it'll happen just like it did with Paul. He told Paul, he said, this ship's going down, but y'all not, we're not going to lose anybody. Y'all all going to be saved. And they were. This Bible tells me, it says you're going to have some trials and troubles. John 16, You're going to have some trials and troubles, but I've overcome them all. And then Paul tells us in Philippians 4, 6, be anxious for nothing. And that's what this talked about a while ago when we talked about the Jews. They, they, had, they weren't anxious, but they had poor forethought. See, Paul was, uh, he was a, a, <laughs> a Jew of the Jews, in other words. In fact, they, there's a possibility that one time he might have been part of the Sanhedrin. They don't know for sure, but some people, there's some indication of that. But he said, don't be, be anxious for nothing. In other words, don't worry about anything. But in everything, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and mind through Jesus Christ. There was one person here. I don't know who it is. It's Edith Armstrong, but I don't know who she was. It says, now listen to this. Now this is, this is interesting. I keep my telephone. I keep the telephone of my mind open to peace, harmony, and health, love, and abundance. Then when doubt, anxiety, or fear try to call me, they keep getting a busy signal. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Now, some of you with the new phones, you don't get that quite as much. But, this, but with the older telephone system, if you dial a number, and that was the rotary dial, <laughs> or even with the punch dial, and the person phone was be, on the phone, it would give you a sense. I like this statement. I'm going to read it again. I think it's great. I keep the telephone of my mind open to peace, harmony, health, love, and abundance. Then when doubt, anxiety, fear try to call me, they keep getting a busy signal. (laughs) You know, the truth is that both peace and worry come from the inside of us. Isaiah 26, three, we all know it. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. That's King, New King James NLT says, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all, who, all whose thoughts are fixed on you. If you, dwell to dwell, if you choose to dwell on the on the Lord and the power of God and the promises of God, there's no, there's nothing there but peace and there's no room for worry. You know, Corey Tim Boone said, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. None of us know what the future is, but I know who holds tomorrow. And I know who holds my hand. 
So I'm not going to be concerned about that. I'm going I'm to do what the Bible says. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to believe God and come out on the other side rejoicing and enjoying life. Amen. Anybody get anything out of this tonight? I just want to start, stir up your fear of minds. That's just a different, that's a different approach from that verse of script, from that area of scripture. But because a lot of times people go on down, they get 633 that we, you know, seek you first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And they talk about all of that. Well, that, that, that's true. Although if you seek God, all those things will be added to you and there's no use to worry. That's what he's trying to tell you. Stay in tune with him and you don't have to worry. Heavenly Father tried to just stir up these people's pure minds to realize that the enemy will try to bring worry and doubt and fear to their lives. But if they will keep their minds and hearts stayed on you and knowing who you are and what you've done and what you will do and what you are doing, they can live the good life. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen and amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Everybody stand. I'm giving you back. It's, I give him back four minutes tonight. So next, next time I preach, I can go over a little bit. <laughs> I'm just kidding. If you happen to be in here tonight and you don't know Jesus Christ, your personal Savior, then you don't understand anything we were talking about. But you can. Know Jesus as your Savior and understand all that God has for you. Or you may be here and you need to rededicate your life to God because you've gotten off track. Or you may be here and you'd like to receive the Holy Spirit. According to Acts chapter 2, verse number 4, they all filled with the Holy Spirit, began to speak with tongues, the Spirit gave them utterance. Anybody on any one of those three invitations, as we're dismissed tonight, the ladies are over here, the men are over here. And you'll come down and they'll pray with you and you won't leave here like you came. In fact, if you need prayer for any reason or anything, ladies come over here and the men come over here. They'll, this is our prayer team. They'll pray with you and you won't leave here like I said. In Jesus' name, like you came in. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hey, remember Sunday morning right here? We'll be here. You come. Come expecting. Be careful when you go out there now. The guys have worked. They worked yesterday <laughs> trying to clear the campus, and they worked again today, and they've done a pretty good job. But it was sort of a tough job. I came out here yesterday, and, of course, snow you can plow. That sleet and freezing rain that's frozen, it becomes hard. It's not like snow that you can push. You, you try to push it with the, with the snow plow, it don't push. And I, I was out here watching them yesterday. They were going around spreading that ice melt and then taking the, the front end loader on that and pushing. And they finally got, they got it pretty done. They got it pretty good. So just be careful. There could be a few slick spots. And I noticed that he driving home. I noticed coming in here that that a lot of the, the is melted, and it was on the on the getting out on the highway. Well, that a lot of that will may freeze, and it makes a little thin coat of ice. And so just take it easy, and you'll be all right. Okay, all right. Shake hand with somebody and say, I'm just gonna believe God. I'm not gonna worry about anything. You're dismissed. We'll see you Sunday. If you need prayer for any reason for anything, come to the front right now and they'll pray with you. God bless.